You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 39. Hey, we are Dr. Shane and Liz Watt. We are doing this podcast because we are trying to bring knowledge and education to create a new way of thinking about our health. Knowledge is the key to a happy, healthy life, and our goal is to help you live your best life. So join us and let's learn together. Welcome Angie out to the podcast today and we are so grateful to be able to have her. Angie and her husband are actually going to be one of our speakers at our conference and there's a lot of things that they are doing that's good but Angie she is from Orange County, California. It's good you got out when you did right? Exactly. Larry in 1979 and they raised their family in Colorado Springs and they lived there for 30 years before coming here to Lehigh. Um, Angie is a mother of five daughters and one son. Well, We're just opposite of us. Opposite <laughs> than us because we have five boys and one girl. Huh? She Wonderful. is a very proud grandma of 22, which probably keeps you a lot, of, keeps you really busy. And yes. she was a stay-at-home mom teaching preschool and running daycare. Angie taught water aerobics for 10 years and owned a small art business during those same years. She is an author of the children's book and has enjoyed volunteering at elementary schools and reading to the children. Angie, you're recognized for a tremendous need for healthcare. You, with you and your struggles, I never really have heard of this before, but you try to educate people on glycobiology. Since the pharmaceutical companies had little incentives to be able to help you. And so Mm -hmm. you asked Larry to help you and form a, and you formed a corporation called Angie's Options. And it's a nonprofit 501c3 organization that you started in 2017. And um, you're a licensed facilitator who volunteers in the grassroots movement called GRM. That's how you got GRM was grassroots yeah. movement. I yeah. love that. So, Andy, <laughs> can you um, kind of, you know, tell us about your story and how you came here? Yeah. I'd love to do that. So first, I'll just clarify a little bit. We started our work back in 2004 oh. and we didn't know what to do or how to do anything that we began, but we knew that there was a tremendous need and we knew that there was legitimate human need not being recognized, not being met in the medical paradigm because of my own situation. I knew I wasn't alone and I'll share that story, but uh, we did finally in 2017 is when we began became uh, an official nonprofit, even though we had been doing our work since 2004 as a nonprofit, you know, we just didn't know how to. We're well, making money, so you might as well make it official, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, it costs so much to become a nonprofit. We thought, what, how can we become a nonprofit when we're already being nonprofit? And it costs a lot to be a nonprofit. So, so we had put it off for quite some time. But anyway, we do run a nonprofit. So my story, what brought me to where we are today is that um, I, I will say it was a multiple kind of a perfect storm. When I was in, I grew up as a, a healthy kid. My mom was completely, um, uh, you know, health conscious. I would say she's the health nut in the neighborhood. I didn't want to bring any of the kids to my house. It was awful eating there. And, uh, but she had an awesome pediatrician. Yeah. That told her, do not, do not absolutely do not give your children vaccinations 
and he had a whole reason why. So I didn't grow up with vaccinations and I was always healthy, never attended the, the doctor one time. Then I get that, into high school. Even back then, that was unusual, right? That it was very thing. Yeah. It's so true. It was unusual. Uh, then I get into high school and we had the, the uh, health professionals come to a class and they taught us all about the importance of vaccinations. And, and if you haven't had it, blah, 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 let's get you scheduled and get you in because of all the reasons they said sounded so good to me. Like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this. My so mom is deceiving me. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what I thought. I didn't think, I didn't really think that, but I felt like, oh, she's missing the boat. You know, she's just old fashioned. She doesn't know what the current is, whatever, you know, kids, what they think about their parents. So I convinced her to let me do it. So I got my vaccinations in high school. Uh, I was a, a junior, so about uh, 16, 17, I guess. And then I was actually hit by lightning too, but oh. it was the reverse, reverse order. I was hit by lightning. Then I got vaccinations the next year. Then I uh, worked at KFC and I started drinking soda for the first time in my life. We didn't have soda at our house. So I would say there's a multiple combination of things that brought me to a trajectory that I, I wouldn't choose if I had known what I was doing. So I started to drink soda, eat fast foods more than I had ever done growing up because we didn't have that in our house. Then I got married. I, I miscarried the first time. I started miscarrying all the time. I had very hard pregnancies. I miscarried, ended up miscarrying six times. Over the years, my health can uh, continue to decline. Six, six until times I, before you had your first kid or just? All no, the, all through. I okay. would have a live birth, miscarry, miscarry, live, miscarry, miscarry, live, whatever. You know, so in the first 10 years, I miscarried six times, but I did have five live births. One of our daughters is adopted. Um, anyway, so we... Um, that's fast forward till I was 38. So I was very young through all this. And I was 38 and going to lose my life. And I was a young mom, young uh, bride, my husband, a little bit older than me. I like to say he was he was attending the United States Air Force Academy when I was 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to say that. But if he had known how young I was, it, he might never have approached uh, me for a date, but I was pretty good at fooling everybody. Anyway, We've been married 43 years, as you mentioned, and uh, with the 38 is when I was going to die. My had, I began accumulating more and more doctors, and that was my life. I was constantly going to doctors, and I had never been to a doctor, but I thought, oh, that's what you do. Now, and get what that was, little what was the symptoms? What were the reasons why you were going? I had so many things. What I went for initially is just that I started to have infections. I started to get yeast infections, urinary tract infections. That kind of was the first thing, but I also had, I was in a wheelchair for a year with my pelvic and my hip bones had gone out of place. I did, I did go to chiropractors, but because of that, uh, pelvic and hip bone, I had, um, micro, uh, fractures in my pelvis. Oh. So that was why I was in the, uh, wheelchair. And after that, that was when our youngest child was born. And I started to really look at the emotional component of wellness. I'd never considered that there were multiple components. I'd only thought physical. I didn't think emotional, spiritual, mental, social. I didn't think of it, the other components. I didn't know that there was a whole part of being well. Well, in standard so, medicine, that's not a thought process. If you look at like Eastern medicine and all that other mm -hmm. stuff. That's always yeah. been part of it, right? Yeah. In, and in, I didn't even. For us, it never was. 
Yeah, I never even considered anything of, of other t Eastern medicine or anything. I just thought it's this or nothing. I just didn't know. And even though I grew up in a health nut house, I, I didn't make the connection myself that what I was eating, what I had been doing. And of course, the the outside being hit by lightning is not a good thing for your immune system. You know, that caused a lot of problems. That's, That's another normally podcast. it causes death. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that. normally it causes death. But I did have some other a host of other issues. That's another podcast. It's not uh, not time for that here. But but really what ended up happening is accumulating more doctors and more doctors until I had six doctors, four of them specialists. And I got to the point, the very last appointment where the doctor was telling me that I, I either have to get my, uh, go for surgery, cut my sphincter, reroute my urethra through my belly button. That oh, was, one, oh, wow. That was That's imminent. I would oh, have to wow. have a full That would be record. a hard thing to go to the bathroom if you're going out of your belly button. Oh, yeah. Hey, at least to the urinals. <laughs> no, because you have a pouch. I don't think so for me. I don't think so. But it was it was bad. And I didn't I didn't want that surgery. I had MS. I had been dealing with MS for four years. I had interstitial cystitis. So talk about the inflammation. I knew that I was inflamed. It undergirds every disease state. I knew that there was problems because I was in so much pain every day. The infections got to the point where I could not be off antibiotics. Well, of course, antibiotics fuels the yeast. So I was in this vicious cycle. My, all that stuff. my gut was trashed, but just no question about that. So to have um, all of that happening, the last appointment, my doctor was just saying, well, and I had a cervical biopsy that came back positive. I'm like, well, my gosh, kick me while I'm down. What am I supposed to do? And they say, oh, well, you'll be, you'll be, uh, you know, we have treatment for that. I'm like, what, what's the treatment? Of course, chemo, radiation. And, and I had lost my stepmom to, to cancer just the year before. I, and I saw what happened with her with the chemo radiation. And I knew immediately, no. I'm not doing that. Now, are so we, still, I got, are we still at 38 or is this now starting uh, yeah. 38, now it's moved on and now you're older with this stuff? No, I'm still at 38. Wow. All this was, it, it culminated to 38. Yeah. I'm going to die. So that last appointment, I'm hearing all this, what I would have to do or, and I refused. So then, well, there's nothing we can do for you. You can just go home oh, and stay yeah. comfortable. Yeah, you know, do sure. the best you can and stay comfortable, then try to stay out of pain, whatever, because if you won't do what we're telling you as the experts to do, then there is no other option. I will be on a kidney transplant list. I mean, they told me all the stuff that was going to happen to me, and that wasn't going to solve the MS. That wasn't going to solve the, the cancer. I was going to have a very, I had a very grim uh, future, of course. So I went home, it, driving home in the car that day. Larry wasn't with me at the time. And I remember just praying and I said to myself, there's no way I'm doing any of that. I cannot go that route. There's got to be an, another answer. There has to be another solution. So I got home, sat on Larry's lap, cried my eyes out. And I said to him, something has got to be missing. What else could I do? We plant a garden. We, we, I'm taking 50 well, no, no, I hadn't started taking all those supplements yet. I started taking supplements. I got to taking 50 supplements, but I hadn't done that yet. That not at that time. I hadn't taken any supplements, just a little bit maybe, but I, I go to all these doctors. I've done all this 
everything that my doctors tell me to do. And all I am is sicker than ever before. So there's got to be something missing. And two or three days later, Larry read, or I actually read an article, which is not like me to read anything uh, science, you know, wise, but I saw this article and it was from uh, the science magazine. And it intrigued me because it said something like, um, sugars, can they heal or healative sugars, something like that. And I said, sugar, is there some kind of sugar that could be good for me? Because I cut out sugar, of course, for so long, trying to take care of my the yeast issue with my gut being so screwed up. I knew the sugar was killing me. And so I was in, drawn to the article because of that. So then I, you know, it's a little over my head, most of it, but I was following along and it kind of sounded like there are specific sugars in the body that do a certain role. And if you don't have these sugars in place, you're, you're it's like using the A-E-I-O-U in the alphabet and you're dropping some of those letters of the alphabet. We are speaking in Russian or Czechoslovakian or something. We're not speaking in English. We don't understand our conversation if you don't have the vowels. So I thought, my gosh, that sounds really interesting. I, I believe that there is something missing. Maybe I'm missing some of some of these, whatever these sugars are. So my husband being a science guy, very science guy, he studied science. He's a little nerdy, but I'll say nerds make really good husbands. So that's okay. <laughs> but he loves to study and read. So I, he came home from work that day and I said, honey, have you ever heard of the science of glycobiology? It's the study, a science that studies sugar. Look at this article. And he basically nicely, he's very nice, but he kind of poo-pooed it like, you know, whatever. I think I'd know if it was something that important because I know science. He didn't say any of that, but it was just kind of what I knew he was but saying. What, what is his background? What was his background? My husband is, he's a, he went to the United States Air Force Academy, which is a very scientific school. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you think 70,000 kids try to get into that school every year and 1% make it. He had an appointment there. He's very brainiac and very science oriented. Then when he uh, retired from the Air Force, um, we had a career in the Air Force. When he retired, he went to teach. Oh, that's why you lived in Colorado Springs. Yes, we, we retired there. We, we had two last assignments in Colorado Springs and then we oh. retired there. And so we finished raising our family. That was in 1994, we retired from the Air Force. So he went to teach at the university. He taught multiple different courses there at, for 18 years. And he also taught at the um, high school. What, what was the subject that he taught? Mathematics in high school. Okay. So I just wanted to kind of know what his background thought process was. Okay. Yeah, it's science computer sciences, other right. types of sciences, but it wasn't like, but it wasn't like health science. That was something. No, not really. Although he did have some health courses, but he just kind of did the typical, you know, not really invested in, in that. Right. Not at that time, but he's, he's science. That's what he intrigues him. So the fact that he had never heard anything like about glycobiology, he just kind of dismissed it, but I was persistent and uh, he read the article, which intrigued him, didn't say much about it, he started to study, just started to look into it a little bit. And that was over 40,000 hours ago. And what he came to understand changed our world very much like what your story. And I remember I went into his office one day and I said to him, how could there be something so significant and none of us know anything about it? 
How could none of my six doctors, four of them specialists, direct me to a field of science that could answer the basic question, what's going wrong with my immune system? Why isn't my immune system doing what it had always done? How come I'm so sick? I don't want to be sick. I don't have a sick mentality. I don't like being at the doctors. I don't want to go all, you know, some people, it's a, a matter of they just need to change their mindset and quit wanting to be at the doctors, you know, but I didn't have that kind of mindset. And he sat there, he was in at his desk and he said, you know, as far as I can tell, there just doesn't seem to be an incentive. And I'm like, what? What do you mean there's no incentive? What does that mean? It means you can't he patent. Said, right. You can't pat patent natural. Why would anyone in the, the science world or medical world uh, provide millions of dollars of uh, exposure to education when nothing could come back to them investment-wise? And he said, it just doesn't seem to be that there's any incentive. So I stood there in my tears. I said, are you kidding me? I about lost my life. This was about four months into my journey where I was seeing that I wasn't going to the hospital every single day. I wasn't going to the hospital, was not well. I was still very sick, still very scared for my future, still thinking I'm going to die. It just one infection was going to kill me because I was immune to all the antibiotics. I had taken antibiotics for so many years, I could not take any more antibiotics. And so I thought, oh, I have one little, you know, uh, whatever, it's uh, bacteria, it's gonna kill me. So I was every day just trying to stay out of the hospital, but I said to him, you, you're, you've got to be kidding me that you're telling me that there's no incentive to, to provide exposure, just exposure to the education. Let people make a decision they feel is best for themselves based on education. Why are we having to be subjected to the marketing and the sometimes blatant hype associated with everything in this the par paradigm, even in the wellness industry, it's, it, there's a lot of that as well. But he, um, I just was standing there crying because I came so close to losing my life. And I was still sick. Like I said, it had only been about four months. I was scared still, not sure, but I was having hope. I was doing better. And I just said, if not me, then who, who is going to do something about that? And he knew I was very, very serious. And I thought to myself, you can do it. You understand this. I don't get it. I have no idea what it's meaning, but you get it. You see that there are vitally critical components or these critical, I will say essential components that just make all the difference for how well your immune system can communicate. And if your immune system can communicate, now it knows what to do to help repair, restore proper functioning in your body. So I, I just said, well, honey, you can figure it out. You make a class and we're just going to do a community class. This was in 2004. And I just thought, oh, we're just going to have this class and I'm going to invite all my doctors they're going to want to come. <laughs> they're going to want to know this. Yeah. They will. Yeah. And that's and what, have that's all how I many of them show up. Well, I'll tell you, all I had going for me was complete confidence and total ignorance. And I will tell you that it turned out to be a good combination because I did not, I was undaunted. I did not allow the threat of these experts to keep me quiet. I knew something significant was happening to me and they could not direct me. So we invited everybody and none of them came. Right. 
no surprise there. But 68 people did come. Wow. And I'm like, uh, okay. So Larry taught his little overview. And, you know, over the years, we've he's he has a whole book now. It's very extensive. There's an elephant in the room exposing hidden truths in the science of health. And so that's his message. And he just breaks it into three three sections and then uh the fourth section is is odds and ends but that's the name of the book right that's the actual name of the book right the actual name of the book there's an elephant in the room what is glycobiology and how did you realize that that is what kind of you were struggling with like well it's the glycobiology is just the science that studies sugar. I know you'll have Larry be able to do a better overview of the technical stuff. But for me, the, 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 the basic mind uh, that I have, I can tell you the, the easy way to understand it is that the sugars that surround, there are eight specific sugars that surround every single cell in the human body. And the scientists that discovered them way back when, because we always thought, you know, sugars for energy production and, and that's it. That's all you need sugar for. But they didn't realize, well, if there are eight sugars surrounding the, every cell in the human body, uh, the scientist uh, that discovered them said to himself, why would God put eight sugars around every cell in the human body if they're only good for energy production? There's got to be something more here. And his hypothesis, he continued. So it's, all, it's a new science, only a 30 some years, I don't know, 35 years old or whatever, maybe 40, I don't know. But anyway, um, so it's basically that when these sugars surrounding every cell in the human body, they are like the vowels of the alphabet. And when they are in place, then your immune system sends messages clearly. If you drop those sugars and you're missing them, which they are gravely missing from our food, today, when you are missing them, then your um, uh, communication system or the communication within the immune system or within your body uh, is, is garbled. It's not making sense. It's not clear. And so then the communication breaks down, then the body breaks down, you know, it, it, disease uh, happens. So Larry will tell you, or when you interview him, he can give you the, the details, but the National Academy of Science, they wrote a 200 page paper on it in back in, I don't know, 2010 or 12 or something like that. And um, they said that uh, this field of science uh, is the future for medicine, which they've already been working in it for a long time now. And they have some help and real hope with it, but it's, it's not natural. See, they have to do it through the pharmaceutical paradigm, which yeah. makes it then a drug Right. And now if, if, if it's natural, you can't patent it. So they have to change right. something in it to patent it. So uh-huh. that therefore they can sell a product and that right. product they have to make it synthetic because otherwise yes. it's yeah. And so as soon as you do that, then you screw the whole thing up. Exactly. And, it might work, and so they it might work, but not work the way it's supposed to or work as well. Yeah. And they're certainly not going to tell you that, Hey, it's found in nature. And you can just eat these things and help your immune system and change your situation. And uh, they, they do it synthetically, which 
goes in and makes something happen. So anytime you interrupt the natural human physiology, you're going to get a result. But if you keep doing that over and over and over and over again, synthetically, you're going to have ramifications for that. They will show up, which is what happened to me, which is why I was at death's door. But if you support the natural human physiology, if you feed your body the raw material that it needs to repair, restore the proper functioning of your gut, that's so much of your immune system, to be able to feed the body, the body systems, when you do that with vitamins and minerals and the other things that you need, then your body starts making the repair and the changes that it's got to, uh, that it naturally wants to do. It's, it's not like it doesn't know how to do it. It just needs the raw materials. Like we treat our cars, uh, you know, so much better. We put oil, we put brake fluid, we do all these things in our cars. And yet we think our bodies are supposed to function and, and run on uh, fast food and crap. You know, we don't consider that our bodies are way more complicated and they have uh, require raw material. But then how do you how do you source that? How do you find it? Well, then that set us into a whole new world. And so one of the things our nonprofit does is we vet. So we'll vet. Uh, we don't sell. We don't promote companies or sell products, but we do vet. Uh, products from various companies that are doing it right. There's so many more options these days. Unlike before 2004, it was hard to even find a vitamin that was completely plant sourced. Now there's more options, but anyway, it's been quite a journey. I haven't actually been to a doctor for 20 years. I, even though I'm 60 years old, I have the vitality and health uh, that I had before I started getting sick. And I, I have 22 so your, grandchildren. Your MS is in remission because your MS. I haven't had an MS symptom since Thanksgiving Day 2004. That was the last symptom of MS I've ever had. I didn't die from cervical cancer. Was able to just go away with what you were doing. I I don't know. I didn't die from it and I never went back. I said I'm not going back. I'm looking forward. So I'm still here and uh, don't seem to have any problems. I, I tell people, you know, there's biomarkers. You got to look at the biomarkers. How's your how's your bone health? How are your bowels? How's your cognitive, your mood, your, your thirst, your hunger? These are all biomarkers. They're just little body clues that tell us how well we're doing. And I had sleep crisis for 10 years plus where I never, ever could sleep without my mind trying to get me to sleep, you know, just trying to go to sleep. I always knew I was trying to sleep. And one day, a couple of years into my journey, I, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember that I was sleeping. And it was the most beautiful experience of my life. I was like, sleep, I love sleep. So it's just, that that's a biomarker though. And my body was struggling to get well and it took time, even though it was about 18 months before I felt like I, I really could have a future. Like I said, at two years, my sleep was just amazing. Now I'll have an occasional night with not sleeping. My mind's going on the next thing I've got to do or whatever, but almost every night I sleep sound. I don't know I'm sleeping. I'm out like a light. It's awesome. And that was never my experience, but people don't know necessarily that they're, they're not well until they have a diagnosis of something. If I had listened to body clues many years prior to this crisis with just accumulating more and more doctors, I would have known I wasn't well, you know, I would have known that there were more problems, but I just thought, Oh, poor woe is me. I'm having miscarriages. I never connected that to being not healthy. I just thought, you know, well, 
poor unlucky me. So we can either stay a victim to the poor unlucky circumstances that we have, or we can say, no, something's not right here. And I'm not accepting that. I'm not taking that. I, my favorite quote and, and uh, that I, I love so much is, uh, who would attempt to fly with the wings of a sparrow when the mighty power of an eagle has been given them? And I hold on to that. And I say, you know what? We are far greater than we know. And let's just embrace that. And that's why I love your, your motto. Uh, it was uh, knowledge and power and elevate. Yeah, I love that because we, we can do all that. We don't have to be a, a victim to, to crap that is happening. We can choose to rise above and to, to reject it. And I had to reject it and it was scary. I'll tell you to, to, to go against everything my doctors were saying. And at the end, I had six doctors, four of them specialists. And I said, no, no more. This isn't making sense. Two plus two is not equaling four. And even with my little brain, I can figure that out. And I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker every year. So everything I'm doing. More and more and more drugs and everything else, right? Yeah. And that's all they were doing. Oh, well, now take this for your sleep. Take, and I didn't want to be addicted to sleep pills. I had a friend who was, and I didn't want that. And I said, no, I don't want to take any more drugs. Isn't there anyone who doesn't want to give me more drugs? That's what I was feeling. And I already was taking, I took so much that, you know, the yeast stuff. Oh my gosh, I, I, I ruined my, you need yeast in your body. You just can't have an overabundance or you're in the problem that I was in. Same with, you know, yeah, everything. Angie, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, you had this problem and instead of, you know, saying like, there's nothing I can do, you tried to figure out what is it that we can do. And that's what mm -hmm. we need more people of like, you well, that's the whole reason why we put on our conference, right? To yeah. give people the knowledge and opportunity to hear other thought processes. Right? Yeah, I love that. But this might be the first time that they even hear about glycobiology. Because I'll be honest, if I don't know much about it. You know, when you, when, you're you, not when you sit there and say there's eight sugars that surround the cell, I'm thinking, well, I know there's a lipid bilayer and that's fat. I know that, you know, all these other things, you know, you'll and, love talking to Larry. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to love because you are the science mindset. So people who get that it's, it's not, it's not unusual. So you're not alone that you haven't heard. There's great reason why you haven't heard because there's no incentive to hear. So Larry, I mean, he, he's been tutored from some of the top doctors in the field, Dr. Murray, who wrote the medical school textbook, one of them at Harper's biochemistry years ago, uh, Dr. McAnally, who is an, an incredible scientist, his CV is over 40 pages long. I mean, he's been tutored from some of the top doctors in this field. And yet, no one even knows there are glycobiology departments. And I will share one more thing that really impacted me. Uh, when we, we started traveling, we've been all over North America and Europe since 2008. We started traveling three years, just 12 weeks in the summer. And then in, in uh, 2011, we traveled full time for five years, just people hosting us in their community. They paid our expenses. So we went. As long as they could pay our expenses, we would go because they wanted us to come, but it's, that's how there isn't enough of this education. But anyway, we were in Delaware one year, it's a tiny little state. And Larry was doing an advanced class for just the topic of glycobiology for healthcare professionals like yourself and others, because they don't have a good enough overview of this. It's mm -hmm. being taught a little bit better in medical school today, but it's still so weak compared to what it should be. 
anyway, so he was teaching this class and we don't usually teach the advanced class. We always do kind of a, you know, a, a, a community class that talks about how our food has been altered. What are the ramifications of that? Kind of thing. Huh? Basically an intro class. So when, if you're- Yes. Doing... And then what's with the vitamins and mineral, what's natural about being synthetic, and then this little component of the glycobiology. So it's an intro. Well, this was an advanced class and I'm always curious what the health care professionals are that come in. And we've, we've been so blessed to have awesome chiropractors and, and nurse practitioners and MDs and DOs and, and PAs and, you know, all across the board, even vets. And we have a vet who sits on our medical board now. And I just love the interest that good people have. And they're not closed. Like you said, Dr. Shane earlier to me that, um, you know, you, you go, you get out of chiropractor school and then then you don't read anymore for 10 years. And now you see what in the heck I've got to continue. It, things are always marching forward and we need to stay up current and whatever. So I'm always interested in who, who's in our class. And this, the last person in, I asked him as I always do. And he says, oh, well, I'm a glycobiologist. And I'm like, oh, well, we've never had a glycobiologist come to class, you know, and poor Larry's over there setting up. And he's like, oh, gosh, I hope he likes the class, you know. So anyway, I said, well, I, my total confidence, complete ignorance. I just said, you know, I, I hope you'll stay after. I would love to know what you think. We've never had a glycobiologist come to class before. So after class, folks were talking to Larry. So he brought me, came and brought me out to the hall. And the first thing he said, I have never seen an overview of this field of science done that well. And then he said, and this is an exact quote. He said, I have been in the field for 30 years. And this was like eight or nine years ago. I, or maybe 10 or 12 years ago. My gosh, I, time flies. He said, I've been in the field for 30 years. I am retiring more frustrated than ever because they have to keep the status quo to stay in business. He went on to tell me he'd been getting government grants to study the glycobiology of ovarian cancer. And then he said, uh, he wrapped up his career actually with the study because he did this whole study on ovarian cancer, which I had lost my stepmom to ovarian cancer. And then he said another direct exact quote, the evidence is clear. No attention will be paid until there is money to be made. And I stood there again, my tears. I said his name. I hate to say it because I didn't get permission to share, but I said, this is what fuels me. This is what drives me. This is what's cost us almost a million dollars of our own money to do this nonprofit work. Just trying to provide exposure to particular education that can make all the difference for the quality of people's lives if they only had the option to choose to investigate it. But they don't have that option because none of us know where to find it. We don't, we can't even wrap our minds around it. It's so complicated. But that's my husband's genius, really. His gift that he was given was that he can take really hard things and then teach it to people like me. And my gift is that I can say, are you kidding me? Everybody needs to know. And I drive it. <laughs> so I pull him along. I drag him through the streets. I make him have to do. I said, well, we have to do an, a weekly newsletter. And this was years ago. And he said, no, we, we are well, not we doing. We don't have to do that. We actually really don't have to. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know technology. Kind of how our relationship is sort of too, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I gathered. <laughs> 
I really love that because I thought, oh my gosh, these are two peas in a pod that are like our two peas. And I think it's so needed, but he now sees that over all these years, 13, 14 years, whatever, we've been doing this weekly newsletter. We didn't know technology. I didn't know how to capture people's contact information to get them on a Facebook page or Instagram or what I'm like, ah, it's too crazy, but we got newsletter. So at least we got people on a newsletter and now we have connections all over. So we did have an international conference a few years ago. It's the last one that we've done. Uh, it got a little too crazy with uh, my life. I said, uh, we'll, we'll do webinars online. We'll do podcasts. You know, we'll do a newsletter. We'll do classes. We do lots of things, but just not international conferences. It was such an ordeal. I feel for you. I really feel for you just putting together this local conference. I know what the work it takes. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate your story, but you know what? That is the story of so many people, maybe not that drastic, but that's no. the whole purpose of why we're doing what we're doing in terms of the conference, in terms of why we're doing that. And we're so grateful because like, uh, like you said, I, I mean, I don't know hardly anything about glycobiology and, not, and I'm really excited to, to listen. And actually we're going to have your husband on the podcast. Well, so this will probably be a part one and a part two and to just learn about it because I don't know it. And how much more would I be able to now help patients in, in that? Exactly. So thank you, you so much it. for being on. And My pleasure. we're grateful that, you know, you and your husband, you're going to be at the conference, April 22nd and 23rd, and you're going to be able to, um, he's going to be able to present to us. So everyone, if you haven't got a ticket yet, please come and you can, um, they actually have a coupon code for them and it's GRM 30 and you can get in, get a discount, get a discount ticket for, um, so if you know Angie and you want to be able to follow her. You can use that GRM 30 and get in for $30 to the, to the conference. So that is an exceptional. I felt your, your ticket prices were such a good value anyway for the two, two days. Um, I felt that they were just wonderful, but it's extremely generous and kind to offer the discount GRM 30 because Honestly, uh, today people are stressed. They're very stressed financially. They're very stressed in many ways. And I think offering that discount is so generous of, of you. So thank you so much. We really well, we just that. know that we have an incredible forum and place mm -hmm. for people to come to. So we just wanted to get people there. It's a new conference, you know, so we have to we have to do that. And that's fine because we want people to go so they can in the, for themselves learn and educate and be educated. So thanks so we much. We have a great lineup. We're excited about it. We love rubbing shoulders with all these neat people. So thank you so much for all the work that you do. All right. All right talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. The more knowledge you have, the more you will be empowered to make the changes in your life. And because of this, your life will be elevated. Your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your current healthcare provider is not meeting your healthcare goals, it is time to take control of your health. If you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, please like, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Together, let's take back our health.